Before we get into today's Reddit stories, I first of all need to tell you about one of my other favorite Reddit podcasts out there, The OKOP Show. If you guys are looking for even more daily Reddit content, then The OKOP Show with John and Sam is perfect for you. Just search for the letters OKOP wherever you get your pods. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Leave me for dead, I'll destroy your fraternity. After high school ended, I was in a pretty bad place mentally, so I decided to make some extremely unwise decisions during my first year of college. I was basically always on something in order to keep what I later realized was severe depression at bay. For a variety of misplaced reasons, I also decided to join a fraternity. It was a convenient way to keep getting the things I thought I needed at the time, but mostly I just craved human connection in a way that I thought being a brother would bring. Well, I didn't see it for a while, but I was wrong. The fraternity had a house on campus that was allocated to them, but it might as well have been off campus because of how crazy the parties were. Campus police would rarely pass by, let alone come in, no matter how much noise was being made. Still, that made it the perfect place for me. I could let loose and escape the sadness that followed me around during the day without being bothered, and the people there seemed to like me well enough that they at least tolerated my being around so often. At first, it was just official parties on the weekends, and then every weekend, Thursday nights, Wednesday nights, until at one point I was spending hours drinking there every night of the week to hide from myself Before I knew it my first semester was over and the shallow friendships I'd made through the bonds of getting ridiculously screwed up had started to pay off or so I thought They told me they'd be extending an offer to be a pledge next semester Now for those that don't know pledging is a process that lasts for this particular chapter of this fraternity one semester and it's something that you have to go through to officially become a brother member of a fraternity. I was ecstatic. My second semester rolls around and I'm given the invitation in traditional, stupid, ritualistic fraternity fashion. Once again, I was ecstatic. The thought that I was actually wanted and valued by these people who I thought had it all figured out felt like it would be the highlight of my year. I never really fit in with most members of the fraternity because other than excess consumption of drugs and alcohol, we didn't really have much in common. But I started to look up to these guys. While most of my time there passed me by in a haze of my own creation, the moments that I remembered made them seem like kind, cool, and genuine people. Although most of my friendships during that year were with the people from this particular fraternity, I'd made some friends in my own dorm hall as well. One night after pre-gaming in someone's dorm, I was happy for any excuse to start drinking at 3pm, a couple of girls came up to me. They asked why I was pledging at that particular frat, given its reputation. Why someone as nice as me would want to be around people like that. I asked what they were talking about and they told me that particular frat house has a reputation as a place where girls shouldn't get too drunk. I'm trying to be as non-graphic as possible here. I told them that must just be a rumor that started because of guys who already graduated. 
because there was no way any of the brothers I knew would ever do something like that. I second-guessed my sense of belonging for the first time that night, but I was too starved for human connection to seriously consider that I might not be making the best choice. Still, a small crack had formed in the facade I'd built around these people. Another night, I overheard a couple of the brothers talking when I woke up to use the bathroom, talking about how they desperately needed members to keep the house and how it was a shame that they had to let me become a brother at the end of the semester because they'd normally never let someone like me in. Fine, I thought, that's how these three feel, but most of the others like me and actually want me here. Wrong. But my life was in pieces before I got to college and I was so desperate for friends and a sense of belonging that I was willing to rationalize anything to keep the lie going. One night, while doing a traditional, stupid, ritualistic fraternity event, read, consuming copious amounts of alcohol to the point serious risk for brothers and pledges only, I did what they expected of me and well, consume copious amounts of alcohol to the point of serious risk. For anonymity's sake, I won't describe the event for privacy's sake, but I was in and out of blacking out for a while until a certain point when I stopped remembering anything. Over the years though, some things have come back to me as I've tried to process this experience. I have flashes of being turned over and someone holding my head so I throw up in a trash can and not myself or the chair I was on. There's a slideshow of me full walking down half the stairs. One of the last things I remember is asking to stay the night in one of the brothers' rooms because I knew, somehow, that I was ridiculously drunk and I didn't want to get caught when going back to mine. He said no. He was my closest friend there. It should have been clear to anyone around that I wasn't safe, but these guys were still giving me trashy light beer instead of water because it's basically the same thing. I'll never get that line or the laughter that followed out of my head. Instead of getting me help or even just letting me stay there, one of the brothers just took me back to my dorm. Luckily for me, an RA saw me being brought in, essentially over his shoulder, and felt like I was in danger, so she called for help. Even after all of these years, the last thing I remember from that night is answering a knock at the door of my dorm. When I woke up in the hospital the next morning, I was told that I could have died. They described how I acted, and it was clear to me after just hearing about it that I was in danger. My BAC, blood alcohol concentration, was at 0.37, and there was somehow still more in my stomach that I hadn't thrown up before they pumped it. For reference, alcohol poisoning can cause death and generally shows up around 0.3, while 0.4 is potentially fatal on its own because your heart and lungs can just stop working. My RA almost certainly saved my life. When I was sitting in that hospital bed, I cried. Not because I might have died, but because I felt like my life that I was just getting back had fallen apart again. I felt broken, betrayed, and profoundly sad that the people I trusted didn't care enough about me to try and keep me alive. When I got back to campus, I had to meet with a disciplinary officer because of underage drinking, and he questioned where I got the alcohol, who I was with, etc. But apart from that, I just followed my usual routine that I was accustomed to. It was the weekend, so I went down to the frat house. I still don't know why, really. I think I was just numb and going through the motions, or maybe I wanted a sense of normalcy. When I got there, all the feelings of sadness turned to anger. As I told them what happened, the people that I half-heartedly expected to be happy to see me were more concerned about what I might have said to the disciplinary officer than the fact that I was alive. They were wrong to do that, for the record, because I covered their butts completely, but I was livid. These people were supposed to be my brothers. How dare they leave me for dead? How dare they feign concern for me when all they really want is to protect themselves? I made an excuse that I just wanted to update them but was tired and still recovering so that I could go back to my dorm. 
I stewed in anger and resentment for hours. I thought about all the things I'd experienced, all the warning signs, and I made a plan. First, I set up a new email account and got the faculty email for the head of the disciplinary committee. Calling him committee head now, full title is annoying to type out every time. A guy who apparently really hated the presence of fraternities on campus housing. I told him I was a student who had information about crimes committed by the members of this particular fraternity and wanted them gone not just from their house, but from the school. I also talked to one of the girls who took me aside in my dorm, one I felt I could trust, and asked if she or anyone she knew had experiences, names, anything. Now, she wasn't willing to step forward personally, but she knew someone who was and helped me get in touch. Three days later, I met with the committee head at 4 a.m. in someone else's office. I didn't want to be seen because I didn't want anyone to know what was going on or have any heads up. I asked him what he needed to take their house and he told me. He amended the report I gave to the original disciplinary officer to include two accidental mentions of a particular relatively uncommon alcohol, one this fraternity always uses for their traditional, stupid, ritualistic, fraternity-only drinking events. For what it's worth, the alcohol was actually present, so it wasn't exactly a lie. Apparently, just that much was enough for an investigation and wouldn't need me to be involved any more than I already was, which was something I insisted on. The investigation merely being opened was also enough that one anonymous tip-off, say, where certain quantities of certain drugs were likely to be hidden within the frat house, was also enough for campus police to come knocking with real police in tow to tear the place apart if enough was found the first time. Remember, the house is owned by the school, so as long as the school gives the police permission to search and they have enough reason to, they are good to go. I also got him in contact with the brave girl who was willing to come forward with her story. I don't know if she ever got real justice, but I do know that one member of the frat suddenly dropped out between the first time I met with the committee head and when the police came. I hope she did. I made myself scarce around the frat house for a month or so with the excuse that I needed to stop drinking. I didn't stop, at least at that point, but I needed some reason for my distance. Even though I wasn't around as often as I once was, I did spend enough time there to put various amounts of Coke, Xanax, MDMA, Ket, and LSD in places that people wouldn't look until the time was right. I've never been a rich guy, so it wasn't much, but pretty much every other room had enough for a minor possession charge thanks to my generosity. When the house eventually got flipped and the drugs were found, I dropped out, because despite my best attempts to hide it, at that point, most of the brothers were keeping me at arm's length and looking at me with suspicion. It was near the end of the semester anyway, and I'd gone from doing fairly well in my first semester to failing most of my classes in the second, so I thought it was probably for the best. However, I still got to see some of them get dragged out of the house in handcuffs. It was worth it. When it was all said and done, the frat house was essentially raided twice. At least three of the brothers dropped out while facing serious possession charges that I had nothing to do with, those with their drugs, and the rest of them had to separate, moving into other dorms or already scarce off-campus housing when the fraternity was banned by the school from ever having an official on-campus house for the next decade. Many of them also got minor possessions charges on their own, all thanks to me. This was almost a decade ago now, and I don't regret it at all, apart from the fact that I didn't do something sooner. Eventually, I got help for my mental health and no longer a abuse drugs or alcohol to cope with pain. I also transferred away from that trashy heck hole of a school with just the one good semester on my transcripts, though I never did get around to finishing my degree because I spent years in a self-destructive spiral and all my money on therapy to pull myself out. I just hope what I did made it at least slightly less likely for others to be in danger one way or another and that all the people who deserved it 
got what was coming to them. The pessimist in me doubts it, but I like to think that they did. At the very least, I know that fraternity doesn't have any presence at my former school anymore. Seems like it's kind of hard to get new recruits when you lose the only thing you had going for you and your already trashy reputation gets worse. And there we go. That is the end of the first story of today's episode. And all I can say to that is, wow. First of all, I'm so sorry to how you were treated, OP. Secondly, the way you went about enacting your revenge was phenomenal. Fair play to you. Isn't that just disgusting, though? Your brothers, I say in inverted commas, you guys can't see me, no face cam, but I'm doing in-air quote commas right now, didn't even care about you potentially dying, well, almost dying, very lucky that you didn't, but no, they actually only cared about their reputation. Oh, are we going to get in trouble? No? Well, that's good news. I don't really care about anything else. That is disgraceful. Listen, you lot are going to have to let me know in the comments because I feel like in the UK, at least, fraternities and sororities do get a very bad rep. I'm not sure if that's because of, you know, just general pop culture, films, that sort of stuff. Or if these types of things do genuinely happen in fraternities and sororities, you don't really get to hear much about the good things about frats and sororities, I would say, in my country. So yeah, if you're from America, if you're from a country that has these sort of things, let me know. Are they seen as good? Have you ever been in one? What do you reckon? Keep them, or should they be gone forever? Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Guy behind me in traffic was blinding me with his high beams. So I violated his retinas with the full force of an afternoon sun. I was driving home from work and traffic was backed up pretty badly for a few miles. It was stop and go. When I get stuck in that, I usually back about 75 feet off the car in front of me so that I can hold a pace and move at a slow but constant roll like the semi-trucks do. This way, I'm not participating in the bumper to bumper move and brake like the rest of the smooth brain drivers. Some dude in an Acura crossover was behind me and I guess he was getting upset because I wasn't two feet from the car in front of me driving like a smooth brain. So he gets up on my butt and starts beeping his horn at me. Lol, I think to myself as I turn up my radio. But then he starts flashing his brights at me, which is where I get annoyed. He's in one of those Acuras that has the super bright LED headlights. My car is much lower than his, so his low beams are already pretty bright in my mirrors bright enough that I don't want to look in them. The first time he flashes high beams, it puts spots in my vision for a moment. It genuinely hurt my eyes. After the first flash, he waits for about 10 seconds, beeps his horn, and then flashes me again. Now I'm getting angry. I'm thinking, where the freak do you want me to go? Do you really think that being two feet from the car in front of you will make traffic move faster? Then he flashes me a third time, but this time he held them on for about 15 seconds. Time for the gloves to come off. During those 15 seconds, as I'm looking away from my mirrors, I see my 14,000 lumen searchlight sitting in my passenger seats, at which point I'm immediately overcome by a wave of chaotic, lawful excitement. What is just set in motion cannot be stopped. I think to myself, oh buddy, you just opened the wrong can of worms. You're gonna learn today. 
I grabbed the flashlight and set it to its absolute max 14,000 lumen brightness setting. The flashlight has a sensor in it to automatically dim the light if facing down on a table, because otherwise the diodes would get so hot they would melt the lens. The 14,000 lumen setting is so intense, the 57 watt hour battery could only hold it for 180 seconds before the flashlight automatically notches down to a measly 9,500 lumens. During those three minutes, the light will burn through 15% of its battery power. For reference on just how bright this is, the literal freaking sun emits a luminosity of 11,000 lumens per square foot on a bright and clear day. So you're telling me this torch, this flashlight, is stronger than the sun. Wow. I turn around and aim it straight out the back of my rear window. My car is pretty noisy, so before I turn it on, I rev up my engine to make sure Captain Smoothbrain is eyes forward when I violate his retinas with the full force of an afternoon sun. I hit the power button and can only imagine the freight train of shock and pain that plowed over this man. It was so bright, his automatic headlights shut off because the car thought it was daytime. With the light on, I could see him clear as glass through his tinted windshield. He was covering his eyes and looking down, probably screaming. I watched him try and flip down his sun visor, but his hands couldn't find it. As I thought to myself, burn you mother effer, burn. I imagine my facial expression was similar to that of a six-year-old roasting insects with a magnifying glass on a bright summer day. After about five seconds of blinding light, I took mercy and shut it off. He proceeded to back way the heck off and move over to a different lane. Was this an unsafe thing for me to do? Absolutely. Was this illegal? Almost certainly. Was it warranted? Without question. Possibly the highlight of my year. So drive safe and don't be an idiot to the car in front of you because they might just have the tools to teach you a lesson. Wow, what a wonderful way to end this episode. I've got to say, like, it's so good. It is so good. Can you imagine in the dead of night, you know, literally the sun has gone down. There is no light. A torch being shone onto your car that is so bright that it turns off your flashlights, your headlights. Your car thinks it's day. I mean, that is ridiculous. That is how you know that this light was seriously bright. And yeah, you might be thinking that the title is a little bit silly, you know, violating his retinas with the full force of an afternoon sun. But no, that is literal. That is literally what OP has done here. Unbelievable. Forget nuclear revenge. This was nuclear fusion revenge, and I loved every single second of it. And I hope you guys did too. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.